0: There are fewer than 30 men in the world qualified to drive Formula One. A mere half dozen, perhaps, to win. At
1: this moment, I'm inclined to think you're not one of them.
0: You want to keep up the good work, and there you have it. There you go. Welcome to f1weekly.com. My name is Clark Rogers, I'm the host of the program. I'll be joined by Nasser Hamid, my co host. This is podcast number 1031, the 12th of February,
1: 2024. Nasser, thank you, sir. I say Red Bull may be looking for a new TP. Less than 20 days to first GP. And we listen to a giant racing sound from south of the border. We shall explain gladly. Back to you, El Jefe. Thank you, Nasser. On today's program, Joss the Boss
0: could push Max to go to Mercedes in 2025. Leclerc's number one status at Ferrari has disappeared. Fernando says, LCH not dreaming of Ferrari last year. And what's really behind the Christian Horner monkey business accusations? And this week's interview, 2018 Indy Lights champion, McLaren reserve driver, and current IndyCar driver, number five, paddo award yep nass will have all the minute details on that and just a reminder ladies and gentlemen we do need your contributions to keep this program on the air just click on the support f1 weekly tab you know you want to and i do want to mention on the merchandise page we have some racing posters very reasonably priced NAS, welcome to the studios i know it's been a big weekend for some people But I know you're relaxed
1: in Florida in your Fernando Alonso beach chair. Oh, absolutely, sir. Nothing like that beach chair watching Formula One cars go by. And I did see that statement that Alonso made that uh, Lewis was not dreaming of Ferrari. So the impression I'm having that maybe a Frito-Lay's truck broke down in front of his casa in Oviedo and they gave him a few packets free of charge and now he has a chip on his shoulder. The chip is back, Mr. Rogers. Woo, doggies. Well, you know, Mr. Rogers, companies do a annual report and normally they have a forward-looking statement. Here in the palatial studios, we don't have a corporate business account at J.P. Morgan or Julius Paird. But we do make forward-looking statements. Sometimes we do rearward-looking statements also. But that's another story. Now here is one. Next week, Formula One will be in action. Beautiful cars will be making beautiful, easy-on-the-ears noise. Tires will be squealing and the hum of the gentle Hoover sound will be sailing smoothly over the sands of Bahrain Desert. There may be thieves in the temple or trouble in paradise in Milton Keynes, but I am still expecting Red Bull at the top of the timesheets when pre-season testing starts on February 21st at the Sahir International Circuit. Because Red Bull gives you wings and Max Verstappen gives you Jato, jet-assisted takeoff, for a cut above the competition takeoff. Max flew to new heights last season and best way to put the in-house troubles and media frenzy which is going out of control behind him is to do more of the same. The real question here is, will Chaco keep up with the Dutch master? He really needs to be within 0.2 or 0.3 second seconds of Max's time, in my very humble opinion. If he is close to half a second slower than Max, then vultures from far away as Australia and New Zealand will be circling above, salivating his seat. And Monsieur Roger, you have seen the future. Machismo is world champion in 2024, but how do you see the pre-season testing, especially among the Red Bull Matadors?
0: Oh, we're all waiting for that moment, testing to begin to see the smiling faces of the new Ferrari driver, LCH, because he's not going to care if the, well, he'll be vindicated if the Mercedes is uh, as bad as everybody's expecting it to be. So it's exciting for sure. And uh, everybody's looking at new suits for Ferrari and they have a new power drink coming on board. There's so much going on. But yes, oh, yeah, Red Bull. What's going on at Red Bull? And now with, with you know, Lewis Hamilton moving to Ferrari has opened up the huge can of crazy driver stories. We could see Max go somewhere, Fernando go, go somewhere else. Who knows? And Nico Hulkenberg, I'm still managing him and pushing away, but not getting too much feedback But, yeah, testing is just around the corner, Nass. It's exciting.
1: Well, I think Max should take a a leaf from uh, LCH and move after 2025 because with Honda gone, I would say follow the money and follow the GP2 engine, in which both cases you can have both if you go to Aston Martin. And they have some very good people at Aston Martin. They are showing some... uh, machismo with the machismo and if they bring in the max factor with the honda engine this uh, freight train could keep on running you know six seven eight nine championships in a row obviously easier said than done but i do agree with you that, and Yoss the boss that it's time now to make the move and this has nothing to do with the uh, christian honor uh, you know situation going on the main thing is they are developing their own power train just like audi so go with the proven winners. Okay, sir, all eyes will be on Mercedes. Car 44, where are you on the time sheet? If the W15 Silver Arrows is within striking distance, meaning within 0.2 second of the Red Bull, the question asks, will the flight to Ferrari crash and burn like other championship winning pilots on board? Here's looking at you. Nando and Seb. Other question will be, are the Reds faster than Jolly Green Giant? That is, one of the Aston Martins with machismo in the cockpit. On paper, Reds have the advantage with two competitive and race-winning drivers. But I will not be surprised if, when told to give position to Leclerc, Carlito keeps his calm and carry-on and the only response team may hear from him will be No Comprende, and I have to admit, and I'm really looking forward to it, it will be one of the biggest and most appreciated stories in if Fernando Alonso is faster than everybody and wins a Grand Prix for the first time since 2013 in his own backyard. I can hear someone singing. Wow, I feel good. you Think Machismo will get a win with Aston
0: Martin? It's starting to look that way. So, this edition of the Aston Martin is the w- first one developed at the new factory based at Silverstone, and they just took it out today actually. So, yes, everything looks pretty peachy. They're pumped up. They know that the RB20 is not going to be that much quicker than the RB19. There's a possibility Fernando could pull off a super Machismo trick while Lewis Hamilton is
1: filling thumb drives with Mercedes secrets. Now, the Aston uh, Martin launch was on video um, YouTube. I watched it just a couple of hours ago. Uh, Machismo was interviewed. The, uh, what you call, Craig Slater was the presenter. Did you watch that? No, I did not. I was busy. Yeah, it was interesting. It was kind of brief and very different than uh, the other launches, but not everything is going to be same. Moving on, lately, Mr. Zach Brown from LA has expressed concerns over two teams having the same owner, saying no other sport allows that. How much Red Bull is the new Visa Cash RB car? I don't know, but they are getting parts from the mothership as much as allowed by rules and regulations. Same thing that Haas has done. I say as long as Visa Cash App is charging low rates and finishing outside the points, I think we will have peace in our lifetime. But watch out. If Yuki starts out qualifying and finishing races ahead of Leclerc and Lando, harem scarum, Steely Dan had Day of the Expanding Man and Michelin had Day of the Expanding Tire. That tire that Bibendum gave to Machismo in Hungary 2003 was already in use for about a season. But as soon as Alonso lapped Michael Schumacher to score his maiden win in Magyar Republic. Everybody got in their bitchin' Camaro and started complaining. Ferrari is FIA's EF Hutton. When Scuderia Ferrari speaks, FIA listens. I think this is what will happen if we start seeing Yuki and Honey Badger on the podium. Mr. Rogers, would you like to master the moment on this critical issue?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be nice to see Yuki and and, and the RB Cash App, whatever it's called, could be pretty quick. They switched to a pull suspension instead of a push suspension. So I'm very impressed with that. And they are doing a lot of things on their own. There are some dissimilarities between the Red Bull and the Visa Cash App RB20 or whatever it's called. Yes, so, uh, and you know, why is Zach so hooked up on this issue with Visa Cash App and Oracle Red Bull Racing being under the same flagship? I mean, everybody else seems to be fine with it, but Zach, it does irk him a little. And there's got to be something deeper, deeper involved that Zach is not complaining about
1: yet. Well, you know, the paint scheme, blue color is beautiful on the new uh, Visa Cash app. And it's like the a uh, uh, few years ago, they had on the uh, whatever it was called, I think, Toro Rosso in those days. The blue is beautiful. But I think Zach' concern is very valid because if this car is 90, like remember when we had the pink Mercedes. So if this uh, car is like 90% uh, like the Red Bull uh, from the mind of, Adrian Newey, and the difference is mostly in graphics and paint and color scheme, and of course sponsors, then he has a very valid reason. But like I said, if they are not finishing in the points, Yuki is doing his own thing, and Danny Ricciardo is more interested in smiling than winning, and you cannot do that unless you have the package, everything will be hunky-dory. But man, (laughs) if we have Max on front row... uh, on. uh, Sharing the front row with uh, Daniel Ricciardo, Yuki, and uh, Sergio Perez are on the second row. Trust me, all hell will break loose in Formula 1.
0: That's true. I mean, I agree with you there, but that scenario, I, it's not going to happen. I mean, I can't see them being that super competitive out of the box. But I think they have they've made some progress, but so has other teams. So I'm hoping Haas has made progress. And that's what it's all about. Developing evolutions. And this is still last year's
1: car, folks. Let's not get too excited. Well, you sound more positive than their new team principal, uh, Komatsu Song. Well, that's true. And I don't cuss as much either. Well, I don't know if he does, but uh, we will find out pretty soon. Okay, sir, before we move on to this crusade against Christian Honor that is going on, I just would like to do a shout-out to our friend in Berlin, Senor uh, Paul Velasco of Grand Prix 247.com for giving us a very nice uh, coverage on the Massa interview. So please check out the Grand Prix 247.com website. So I'm very thankful to him for that. Okay, sir. The Christian's Honor situation. Last Friday, he was summoned to a meeting by senior members and legal beagles of Red Bull, the parent company, not the racing team. And the meeting was an all-day affair. It was supposed to be at the corporate offices of Red Bull Racing, Milton Keynes. Mm-hmm. But then they summoned him. Actually, I am told that they sent... A, it was interesting, it was not even a Honda Passport or a Honda CRV. They sent a BMW to his house, palatial house in London. And they picked him up and they took him someplace, hotel, I believe. It was like an eight-hour session. While all the details are not available and we will not speculate, but based on published reports, something happened during Red Bull ski event in Kitzbühel, Austria, and most likely before it was brewing and maybe after that also. And there is also, you know, reports of inappropriate behavior, text messages with images, and who knows what the truth is. So I'm just reporting what is out there on the media world, on the interweb. The Formula One season has not even started, but the sport has been rocked and shocked by three major stories, one after the other. First came access denied to Michael Andretti's Formula One entry. Then came Hamilton to Ferrari in 2025, and this has really rocked the um, driver market. And now we have allegations against Red Bull team principal. Of course, looks like serious in nature, and Christian may pay the price. I will be very, very disappointed if this thing comes out to be true and he's forced out, because I think he was, like, in his mid-20s, very young, uh, when he was made team principal of uh, Red Bull Racing and has nothing but tremendous success with Sebastian Vettel and Daniel Ricciardo winning races, and now Max is going non-stop. So it will be a shame if it comes to that. Uh, Would you have anything to say on this, sir?
0: Well, I'm hoping as well. I, I... I'm a fan of his success, for sure. It's good for Formula One. It's been great for many seasons. And I certainly hope that this is not what we think it is. So far, I think it's good news that they've had a full day of discussing it and nobody's had to quit. So we'll see what happens. It's The whole thing is just in bad taste. I hated all of it. And I certainly hope that Christian Horner... Was smart enough to not do what we're claiming he did, but innocent before proven guilty.
1: Yeah, and you know, this uh, term they're using controlling and aggressive behavior to be so successful, you can't be playing poker and bingo with your fellow employees all day long. If you look at all the companies that are successful, there is one common word the man at the top or the woman at the top is very driven. You know, I mean, look at the Michael Schumacher situation and uh, many other, you know, when people want to succeed real bad and that's all they want to do, they are going to push everybody and some people don't like push and shove. That's very true. And it could, that's
0: what I said early in the whole debate. I said this sounded more like a disgruntled employee. And you're right. Ruthlessness is what you're trying to talk about there. And that is part of the DNA of the type A um, machismo personality.
1: This is really a disgruntled employee. Then you know what she could have done is uh, during the Austrian Grand Prix, she could have just put a banner, you know, and start walking on the side of the track, you know, which has been done before.
0: Absolutely, when we accept all sorts of patriotic protests.
1: There you go. Okay, sir. Now we come to new car launch Alpine. A very aggressive approach, according to technical director. Matt Harmon. I watched this, and he said, and I quote, We decided to take a very bold approach. The result is a brand new car from front to back. I think only the steering wheel survived. End quote. Bruno Fama, who had success at Le Mans with Peugeot, and was brought in as interim replacement for Otmar Safnauer, is now pretty much the permanent team principal. So at least, hopefully, they will have some stability. How aggressive the car is, we will find out in pre-season testing. I have a feeling they will not be knocking on the door of Chekhov Paris, let alone Max Verstappen. I will be surprised if Alpine can jump ahead of Aston Martin this season. Mr. Rogers, we all know your Corazon beach for French blue. What say you? Are the chances awfully good for renault own team, or will this be another try tried? I think they've made
0: progress. I like what they've done to the design. They did radically change a lot of engineering on this car. I expect them to be up there in the fight with Aston Martin. Unfortunately, their drivers will keep them in trouble and cause problems. But um, I think competitiveness is going to be there for the vehicle
1: powered by Renault. At the same time, the Alpine VEC car was also launched. And one of their drivers is Mick Schumacher. In that series, they have formidable challengers in Ferrari, Toyota, and Porsche. One very cool feature of the WEC car is the rear brake lights. Man, they are same design as the Alpine logo, you know, which is very stylish and looks very cool and bright. Let's hope so is the performance. Now we move on to Visa Las Vegas. The name Visa Cash App RB. May not be cool, but the new paint scheme is, which we already discussed a little bit earlier. The new car from the team, which started as Minardi and once launched a career of machismo, was revealed in Sin City last week. German clothing company Hugo, as was rumored for many months, is also on the car, on the front wings and both sides. And you know this company, Hugo Boss... They used to sponsor McLaren and Mika for many, many years. They've done something very creative, and I like it. On the uh, Visa car, they have the name Hugo. And today, when I was watching on the launch of the Aston Martin, the name is just Boss. So they have Hugo and Boss on two different teams. So that's pretty cool. Do you like that, sir? Yes, I do like that. I investigated a little bit. They have different divisions
0: for different age levels of fashion. So I think just Hugo now is for the younger, hip, Usher listening generation.
1: There you go. And now we come to stakes are high at Sauber. At present, and this was at the time of writing this, stake advertising or branding on Sauber's website is not viewable in Switzerland and other restricted countries where, you know, and this information from this website called Planet F1, Dot com. So there are certain countries, you know, remember at one time, tobacco sponsorship advertising was allowed in few countries, not in many other countries. So we're having the same issue with uh, um, a, a casino and gambling companies. And now there are some legal issues. There is a report by Swiss publication SRF that says, uh, has a statement from a gentleman by the name of Patrick Krauskopf, head of the Center for Competition and Commercial Law. This is what he said, and I quote, sponsorship would be permitted. In this case, however, the stake and Sabo brands are so closely linked, and the term stake is so strongly imprinted in the minds of viewers that we have probably crossed the red line into unauthorized advertising, end quote. So lawyers are busy on both sides, and let's see what happens. Your thoughts, sir? Do you have anything against uh, online betting and gambling to be advertised on TV? Well, it
0: is advertised on TV here, especially. And it is a certain freedom that people would like, but I also believe in governmental regulations so the poor don't get ripped off every day. But this sounds like... Uh, it sounds more like a, a sticky wicket. And I'm going to stay out of it.
1: Ah, they also have a wicked googly, which I was very surprised. Uh, What's Who owns a Porsche? What's the name of this guy, man? Uh, who, who had a very big show... In uh, 20 years ago from New York? Seinfeld. 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 Jerry Seinfeld. Gracias. I remember once he was doing commercials, I think it was for American Express, and it showed him uh, playing cricket, and he said, oh, that was a wicked googly. But that is so much for cricket. I must get your opinion on San Fran. What can we say? We get to the Super Bowl, we
0: leave lost and deserted But it is what it is. You can't go into overtime and leave enough time on the clock for Patrick Mahomes to throw a touchdown. It's called game management. That's the way it is. It's called
1: competition. Better team won. We'll be back next year. When they missed the extra point, one point, uh, when they missed that extra point, it basically cost them the Super Bowl because had they scored that, the game would not have gone into overtime. And after the game, as usual, easy to think and say things after the fact. I'm thinking, you know, this is just like what happened in Brazil 2007 Formula One. One point made the difference for two hombres amigos in the same team. You remember that, right? I vaguely, vaguely remember that, but you're right. That was a niner calling me. Okay, sir, I think uh, we're at the 30-minute mark. It's time for a Aquafina break today. We'll be back. After these brief messages... Hi,
2: I'm Pato Award, and you are listening to F1 Weekly.
0: Welcome back to F1Weekly.com. Clark Rogers here, your host. And now, as we spin the globe and go around the world with Motorsports Mondial and the king, the sultan himself, Nasser Hamid.
1: Thank you, sir. Uh, we will start the Mondial with interview of the week with Senor Pedro Ward. First of all, many thanks to Miss Scarlett of United Motorsports for organizing this wonderful interview opportunity at the recent Daytona 24-hour race. Pedro Ward is a very talented young driver from Monterrey, Mexico. At Daytona, he was racing in the LMP2 class with United Autosports a team based in England and owned by Richard Dean and Zach Brown. Both have been racing drivers also. Pato's achievements include winning the Indy Lights Championship in 2018 with Michael and Reddy's team and his first IndyCar victory came in 2021 in Dallas with the McLaren team. He has also done a few races in Formula 2 and Japanese Super Formula as a Red Bull Junior. So I want to thank Pato and Miss Scarlett again and hope our listeners enjoy this conversation. Okay, folks. I'm here at Daytona with the new Speedy Gonzalez from Mexico, Senor Patricio O'Wall. Uh, Patricio, how are you today, and are you ready to rumble tomorrow?
2: I'm wonderful, man. I um, I love starting my year with with the Rolex 24. It's uh, it's an amazing event. Every time that I come here, there's there's more fans around. There's familiar faces. There's new faces walking around, and um, it's just a very enjoyable event to be a part of. So um, I'm 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 you know I'm pumped to start tomorrow and and uh, and I think I've got a great team of, of, of mechanics, engineers, you know, executives, partners, uh, co-drivers, in order to, to make it happen. You were
1: racing for United Autosports in LMP2. Is the desire and motivation to win same
2: when you have to share the car with other home race compared to single seaters? No, it's it's the same. It's the same because it's a very different feeling because when you win it it feels even not bigger but it definitely feels like well you weren't the only one in the car you know it was a it was a combination of you and three other guys that brought it all together which in a sense similar to what IndyCar is cuz you obviously are working with your engineers you're working with your mechanics but in this case you've got other guys that are driving the car and nursing the car to to a victory or trying to nurse it to a victory so um that's uh, that's a bit different to to Indy but it, 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 each one is special in their own way.
1: Now you've raced here with success before. How how cool is it to go over 200 miles per hour on the banking at
2: night? Ah, oh, it's unbelievable. It's it's so cool, and I'm a big fan of night racing. I always have been, and it's definitely one of the funnest parts of the race, just because of uh, night racing's a vibe. That's the best way to say it.
1: United Autosports is owned by Zach Brown and Richard Dean. Are you planning to do more races with
2: them, like Sebring, Petit Le Mans, or the big one in France? Um, I'd love to. I'd love to. Right now, I'm I'm the fourth driver here at at, uh, at Daytona, so I don't think there's anything more in the works for for the next you know endurance races. But uh, you know, if they call me up and I can do it, I would be gl- happy and glad to do it. You had
1: a very impressive championship victory in Indy Lights as a rookie. You won more
2: than half the races. Was there the plan, or came as a pleasant surprise? Well, doing IMSA the year prior to that was definitely not the plan. But I ended up, you know, winning one of the the most prestigious races in the world. One of my best, you know, celebrations as a driver. You know, a lot of. Guys, dream to, to, to have won this race, and I uh, got to win the championship, and then went on to Indy Lights, and um, had a had a phenomenal year. So it really is all about um, just taking the opportunities that are at hand. Sometimes, you know, if I've learned something in, in the last few years, is you can't plan. You cannot plan anything, and things are going to come at you in a, you know, in the in, in massive speed, or things will take time. So all you have to do is be ready for it. Among the drivers
1: you have raced so far in your life,
2: who are the top talents based on your experience and battles with them? Oh, I mean, there's there's multiple very talented, very talented drivers. It's really hard to name just one of them. To be honest, I've uh, you know my generation is is really you know the the Palau, the Herders, um, Rosenquist is a bit older than us, um, but you know. These guys that, that that I grew up racing carts with, and it's yeah, I can't just name one of them. I think there's a massive list. Racing on ovals was that a big challenge, or came naturally to you,
1: or did you employ a coach for oval racing?
2: Uh, no, I've I've, I've, I've um. I think uh, coaches in racing are are uh, are useless. Um, I think it's sometimes okay to have a, a, a second pair of eyes to kind of help you and guide you through maybe their experiences in the past but uh, when you're at top level and someone is still trying to tell you how to drive the race car, well, maybe you should look into doing something else. So, um, for me, it's it's always been about creating the, the the strongest team around me in in every way that I can, and you know, always have people that that add to your add to your life and add into into your into your battery pack, not take away.
1: Now, Sebastian Vettel called managers useless, saying he can get to the track by himself. Have you ever had a manager or the employer
2: racing? Manager? Manager? I don't have a manager. Um, I manage myself. So uh, I guess, I guess uh, there's a similarity with with with, with Vettel and I. <laughs> Okay. Having raced in Indy
1: Lights, Formula 2, and Super Formula, what are the differences between these cars and which one is
2: the fastest? The the biggest horsepower is definitely the Indy car. The Indy car. No, no. The Indy Lights. Oh, Indy Compared Lights. Compared to Indy Lights, oh. Formula 2, and um, Super Formula. The Super Formula takes the cake by a mile. I mean, seconds faster than the other ones. Then it's probably the Formula 2, which is similar to an Indy car. And then... Um, And then the the Indy lights. Okay.
1: You were born in Monterey. Are you friends with Esteban Gutierrez?
2: Yeah, I know of him. We, you know, we'll we'll see each other maybe once a year in the F1 paddock. Uh, But we're not, you know, we're not chatting buddies. Okay.
1: Uh, Mexico has a rich history in motorsports, going back to the days of Ricardo and Pedro Rodriguez. What got you interested in motorsport?
2: Is this coming from your family? Uh, no, actually it was when I went to go see a go-kart race. Um, well, my grandfather previously had given me a go-kart, but really what kind of turned the key for me was, was when I experienced just a local go-kart race, and I said, oh, I, I can do this. And that's pretty much what it started all.
1: Okay.
2: You raced in the
1: 2014 French Formula 4 tell us about your experience there and did you enjoy the long Mistral straight at Paul Rica and the fast corner after that?
2: Yeah, I had a great time when uh, when racing in French Formula 4 I still feel like it was, you know, just just a few years ago. So very much enjoyed, and yeah, I got to go to some great tracks. Paul Ricard is, is obviously one of them. I, Valdevian, uh Jerez in Spain. So yeah, I got to enjoy a lot of really cool circuits. French cuisine better than Mexican cuisine? Mm, absolutely not. I'm I'm a I'm a, a full blown Mexican, and I uh, I love our cuisine. Well, I love Mexican food too.
1: Also, <laughs> uh, here's my favorite. Question to IndyCar drivers What is more important to you, winning the Indy 500 or Formula One at any cost? Any car? Or driving Formula One at any cost? Uh, winning the Indy 500 100%. And between the 500 and the IndyCar Championship? Indy 500. And I totally agree with you. Okay, Brian Herter once tested a Minardi. His comment was Worst F1 car is better than the best Indy car. You have tested Formula One machinery.
2: What say you? they are two completely different beasts and they shouldn't be compared because you know quite honestly you've got seven hundred and fifty people or eight hundred people working for two cars in Formula One and in IndyCar maybe you've got a, an eighth of that um, the budgets are ten times as more in Formula One and it just—it really is a different beast um, the Formula One cars are by far the most insane pieces of machinery that I've that I've ever come across of, just because of how capable they are in every single way. But it definitely doesn't take away of, of just how much how physical the IndyCar currently is and how difficult it is to, to be a champion to be competitive because I think it's the most you know competitive series in the world currently.
1: I know there are some efforts to get a second Grand Prix in Mexico. Is there any plan to get
2: IndyCar back into Mexico? I would love to see IndyCar back in Mexico. That would be very, very special for me, but I think we're already three years late, so no idea when that could happen.
1: Okay, now the most important question. Your heritage is Irish-Mexican. When you win, do you celebrate with Guinness or Corona con Limon or both? I celebrate with tequila. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, good. Well, I want to ask you one more question. I was at Indy a few years ago when you came very close to winning. I've seen a lot of motor races around the world. The intensity of the last 10 laps of
2: Indy, 500. You have experience as a driver. Tell me what you think. It's unlike anything I'll probably ever experience in my life. Um, like, for example, last year, going for the win again. I think it was six laps to go, and we were passing... Um, for I believe it was second place, right behind the leader, to to ultimately, you know, get the win in a couple laps after that. I could hear people scream from inside of the car. Really? When I popped out to make the pass, and it's just unreal the energy that is the Indy 500.
1: Gracias yeah. Peter, no worries, mate. all the best. Mate. Thank you,
0: Pato. Thanks for joining. F1weekly.com. Back to you,
1: Nasser. Next, no turning the stone and turning Japanese. I really think so. Ten more years. That is the celebration at Silverstone Grand Prix Circuit, the home of British motor racing. The birthplace of Formula One World Championship will stay on the F1 schedule till 2034. And I don't know about you, Mr. Rogers, I am totally elated that Silverstone is not being replaced by a street race in Saipan or Saigon. The Bian Poo to that. But wait, there's more, and no salesman will call. The Japanese Grand Prix has also signed an extension with Formula One, and the magnificent Suzuka circuit will host the race till 2029. The track was designed as a Honda test circuit by Dutch engineer John Hugenholz, who also designed the Harama circuit near Madrid in Viva, España. Now we come to changes to sprint format. Some purists do not like the sprint racing that has been introduced in the past few years. I say more motor racing means more happiness for mankind. Starting this season, free practice one and sprint qualifying will take place on Friday. The sprint race and Grand Prix qualifying will be on Saturday, and of course, the big show will be on Sunday. The previous format and the titles they were using really had me dazed and confused. Are you happy with the changes, sir? I am happy with the changes.
0: I'll probably still be confused, but I think these changes make sense, so eventually... I will be taught by the system and slowly through the season I'll
1: figure it all out
0: and uh, I'll feel really good about myself.
1: Oh, that's good. Next, Il Leone on Lewis. Our Nigel has spoken on the biggest challenge that our LCH will face at Ferrari. It will not be his age, instead, it will be MAX. I totally agree with Mr. Mansell. This max will make doors come off other drivers' championship hopes and aspirations. If Ferrari does not give LCH Elishiba, the seven-time world champion, will not be able to add another title. As we saw with Michael Schumacher at Mercedes and his first four years at Ferrari, our slogan remains true. No package, no delivery. Even the machismo thought he could keep winning after leaving Briatore and Renault. He did! have the package but it came with some TNT that was labeled LCH. Greetings from Monsanto. Oh dear we just can't get enough of these two. Now we move on to Formula 2 testing that is going going on in Bahrain as we speak where the season will start both for F1, F2 and I believe F3 also. All eyes will be on Mercedes Max Factor and that is 17-year-old Italian Andrea Kimi Antonelli. We have been reporting on his remarkable racing progress since his karting days. He could be Toto's new hungry wolf like George Russell. So far, Kimi Antonelli has won every championship he has entered in the European theater after stepping into single-seaters. Plan was to have him race in Formula 3 this year, but now looks like Toto Wants to put him on Dr. Marco's preferred drug. Fast-acting tenactin. Boom! Tough-acting tenactin. I wish the Italian Kimi molto bene, but I will be very surprised if he can deliver the championship in his rookie season. If he does a GR or LCH, then someone in F1 today is paying the price. Second-year drivers, your fellow Français, Victor Martins and Oliver Bearman should win the championship, I think. Victor is in the Alpine Academy and Ollie is riding the Pony Express of the Prancing Horse. American representation in the series come from Jack Crawford. The Dallas racer was a Red Bull junior till last year. And just today, or maybe yesterday, I saw a news item that he has now joined the Aston Martin driver development program and the second ski is Juan Manuel Correa, who is based in, based in Miami and originally from Ecuador. Formula 2 will have a new Dallara-built car. Looks cool, the rear wing is a little funky, but as Dr. Miguel once said, at teres de la frontera to me at the pre-season testing for Formula 1, if the car is going 300 km per hour, who cares? Have you seen the new F2 car and the rear wing especially? Yes, I have, it's it's an interesting,
0: curvaceous rear wing, but I thought the car looked very futuristic and bad to the bone.
1: Yes, the car is very good and I think this championship this year is gonna be really bad to the bone also and somebody is gonna rock the Casper. You know what is interesting? Kimi Antonelli is a rookie and Ollie Berman from England is also very young, is very talented, it was very impressive last year in Formula 2. So if uh, Kimi gets the upper hand and slaughters Bearman, then that will not be good for him. And if Kimi is dusted by Bearman, then it's not going to be good for him. But, you know, both of them are with big teams, Mercedes and Ferrari. Hopefully they will not treat them as they do at, uh, you know, the stampeding and raging Red Bull. Okay, sir. Anything else you want to say uh, before we go into famous last words, sir?
0: Well, there's a lot going on. And you know, this Red Bull thing has really perked the ears of a lot of team principals. I'm telling you that I've also heard in the grapevine that Christian Horner and Adrian Newey are sort of like a team package. Newey thinking that he might leave Red Bull if Christian is fired. There's a lot of stuff. And if Max and Josh feel like they're in a toxic environment, they're going to go quickly and the big teams are going to pounce and who pounces first is going to be exciting. Even Lando Norris came out now saying he wished that he waited because he didn't know that Lewis Hamilton was going to leave Mercedes and go to Ferrari, which mixed everything up. And so he, His contract that he just signed with McLaren is being scrutinized because there could be a clause somewhere to get him out if Red Bull swoop in and get Lando because Max is going to Mercedes. There's a lot of scary things going on. Stay focused.
1: Well, the change that I would love to see is Lewis Hamilton joined at Ferrari by Adrian Newey then we are looking championship 8, 8, 9, 10 in the next five years. Whether it will happen or not, time will tell. Will that scare you and Nando? It would, and with Adrian Newey, you could
0: probably keep driving it until you're 55.
1: Very true, very true. Okay, sir, now we move on with famous last words. Jonathan McCovey is an English journalist for the Daily Mail and a regular in Formula One press conferences on race weekends. This is how we described our beloved sport in recent story. And I quote, Formula One, it has always been a tribal business, an ego-based hate party of rivals. End quote. Speaking of egos reminds me of Mr. Eddie Jordan who once said, the egos in Formula One are so big you can float the Titanic on it. Which I thought was a very cute uh, comment. With that, we come to Musical Mondial. There's too much confusion, and Christian Honor can get no relief. I think we all need some positivity in this racing community. So, gingerly, we provide a little Spice Girl action. Thank you for listening, and ta till next time. Cheerio!